I like to uh, end the conversation by um, asking what makes you silly. Because I am. Welcome to December, friends. Your ears do not deceive you. That was the sweet dulcet tones of Molly Meldrum telling me what makes him silly. And uh, I would just like to thank you all for making it through to December with me. A coming up next year of podcasts, a potty year, a year on the potty. A year on the potty, that's, that's a good one. Um, where am I going? What are we doing? I can't really uh, believe it's been another 50 episodes in the can. Um, when I sat down to to do the episode for this week, I looked back at um, at what we'd done and, and I realized that this was episode 75 uh, and we hadn't really taken a moment to just kind of stand back and, and breathe and really digest what's been happening over these first uh, 75 episodes. It's been uh, pretty amazing and, uh, and insightful and expanding, dare I use that word, experience and journey for me. I hope, uh, I hope you guys are, are taking something away from, um, from each episode or, you know, just from one second of one episode would, would also suffice. Uh, you know, this this year has seen some amazing growth, not only in the caliber of, uh, of, of guests who are coming on the show, um, which isn't to say that the caliber of guests wasn't already high, but the continuity of that and the kind of diversity that we've created, you know, from having some of the best uh, actors and, and uh, people in the music industry on the show to now having some of the top sports people in Australia, in the world, um, you know, through to uh, having had someone who was a spy in the RAF, in MI5. Uh, producers, directors, actors, some of the top musicians in the world. I mean, what a, what a privilege, what an honor for me to get to interact with and speak to some of these creatives, some of these people who've managed to make and sustain a life on their own terms, of their own design. So I thought, you know, over the next few weeks, it'd be really cool to kind of recap some of that and to kind of see what has made 2016 silly in the world of coming up next. And I thought I would do that. I thought I'd begin that by going back to the beginning. Now, this is actually a rewind episode. Now, I know all clip shows technically are rewind episodes, but this one is actually a recap of the first 25. Uh, so you may have already heard this uh, this clip show before. You may have already heard this amalgamation of, uh, of silliness. Just put that on a T-shirt. An amalgamation of silliness. You may have already heard this, uh, this episode. It was episode number 25. It is now also episode number 75 of, uh, of Coming Up Next. If any of these uh, voices tickle your fancy and you haven't heard this uh, this episode before, go back through the catalogue. You can find it on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, 
or www.comingupnext.com.au where you can find links to iTunes, Stitcher and Podbean where you can subscribe, download and listen to this show coming up next with Alastair Marks. That's me, I'm Alastair Marks. And, you know, if you're really uh, feeling festive, I know it's a few weeks early, but you might want to jump on iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean, leave a review, give us a five-star rating. It really helps uh, helps with all the algorithms and uh, things of that nature that iTunes use to feature podcasts and... You know, it helps me to be able to point to uh, to some of these amazing people that I approach to be on the show and say, hey, check this out. Awesome people listen to this show. They've left awesome reviews and perhaps some not-so-awesome reviews. But, you know, yin and yang and all that sort of stuff. Anyway, 2016 was really uh, a kind of year of diving into the question of what does success mean to people. I think that was kind of where we landed. But 2015 was really a kind of more spiritual um, kind of year for the coming up next podcast world. So I will leave you with The Silly Clip Show, episode number 25, The Silliest Clip Show. Well, it was The Silliest Clip Show when it was made. And over the next couple of weeks, we'll be bringing you the 2016 Clip Show's summary of the amalgamation. Wait, no. An amalgamation of the 2016 sillies. Thank you so much for tuning in each and every week and for making Coming Up Next a reality. Oh, this has been Coming Up Next. Uh, Thank you to everyone who has listened to this inaugural show. Uh, Hopefully it's the first of many, and if it's not, then you've probably not heard any of this um, because it never saw the light of day can something future self can still go back and listen remember that's true future self could take this back and say deliver this podcast what makes you silly what makes me silly yeah what makes you silly what makes you do silly things what makes me do silly things alcohol alcohol what's the silliest thing you've ever done on alcohol uh oh shit Probably something that I don't remember because I'd had too much. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't <it>? my twenties? <laughs> that was the silliest thing I ever did on alcohol. <laughs> there's a great, there's a great uh, quote that I read a week or so ago. That was, um, "You never step in the same river twice." <laughs> Damn straight. Mm, um, Damn straight. Yeah. What makes you silly? Oh, not much. Everything. <laughs> Not much, everything. No, no, everything makes me silly. I'm, I, I, my favorite thing is to just laugh until it hurts. It's painful, like when your face is contorted and tears. Stupid little things make me silly. I, I do all kinds of weird. Go on. I got home from from having dinner with my friends the other night, and all by myself, just blasted the stereo and danced for two hours. <laughs> It was fucking awesome. I danced around the living room like flat out for two hours. Like a bit of hip hop or capoeira? Oh, <laughs> just whatever. I just put, it, put on my happy playlist and just cut sick. What's on your happy playlist? <laughs> All kinds of stuff. Bit of Lady Gaga, Gypsy, love that one. Oh, yeah, just fist bumping in the air. What else is on there? Oh god, it's all kind of, like just the most mixed bag. I mean, my, if you went into my iPod, you'd be like, "Are you mental? <laughs> what, what is happening here? What is this? There's Pavarotti, and then there's like Lady Gaga on one side, and you know, uh, yeah, I'm a mixed bag. <laughs>
She did a pretty good job of um, the sound of music at the. Didn't she? She was yeah. amazing. I don't know, man. I like to think I'm all the, all the colours of the rainbow. So whatever tickles my fancy at the time, I mm. just burst that out. But I, I, I just, I'm very fortunate that I have um, really beautiful friendships in my life. I have a handful of really close people who I am always me with, because part of my job is. Um, you know, is that I can't always be me in terms of, and I don't mean that in a, I'm, fa- I'm faking it or I'm pretending to be someone else. I mean, sometimes I'm having a shitty day and if someone comes and says hello, I can't tell them to piss off and leave me alone. You know, mm. that's not, that's not appropriate. No. Um, but, and, 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 you know, and sometimes I have to be on TV and talking about stuff and I've had a really, my, my grandma passed away, you know, like, mm. But I'm not going to get on TV and talk about that. I'm there to do my job. So sometimes I have to, um, you know, uh, put on a little happy face on occasion, which is okay. That's cool. I get that. But I have a beautiful, beautiful group of friends and I'm always just however I am is how I am. And, man, they've been incredible. So um, I'm pretty lucky. Mm, it's yeah. amazing. It is. It's uh, uh, Yeah. And I, I think over the last few years, I don't know if it's an age thing or what, but I've just really kind of gone and stepped up mm. as a friend, I think, as well. I mean, I've always been a really good friend, but yeah. I think about, God, you know, how much I appreciate them. It's really awesome. And so I, like, you know, my best friend had a baby. So I go over to her house yesterday and she's so tired. She hasn't slept. I said, go to bed, go to sleep because it baby was sleeping and I cleaned up her house and did her dishes not because I wanted her to get up and go oh my god you're amazing although that was lovely when she did but I thought shit if that was me this would be awesome this would be very helpful right now Mm. whereas maybe five years ago I might not have thought to do that Mm. I love getting older for that reason you know it's funny yeah you do stuff you kind of learn along the way and then don't know at the same time (laughs) things start dropping in you realize how little you know but also things that you did know in bed and also you learn what you do and you don't want in your life and you don't judge that anymore. Yeah. You know, you just kind of take ownership of it and go, well, these people aren't really working in my life anymore and they're lovely people, but... Send them off with love, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And these people are truly remarkable and truly amazing, you know. And my friends are so like, I used to think we're all, you know, we're all the same. We're all in this together. We are so fucking different <laughs> as humans. Yeah. And it's, you know, there's a real kind of like acceptance thing about that, about going, I don't operate the way that you operate. We don't Mm. operate the same way. And yet we just deeply love each other. Mm. 22 years of friendship, you know, like we started out as friends at, you know, high school at 15 and and we're not the same people, you know, we we are at the core, but you know, you don't know back then how different you are. But how much, how much, you know, love you have for each other. Yeah. The commonality of love that binds you. For yeah. life. Yeah, totally. It's wonderful. Mm. Mm. Thank you so much for uh, for coming in and, and chewing the fat with me. And I'd love to get you to come in again at some point. And oh, I don't think my thoughts are valuable enough, but, you know. Oh, uh, but, thanks, but thanks for giving them the time. No, it's my pleasure. What makes you silly, man? What makes me silly? Yeah. Um, oh, what makes me silly? Evidently that question has. Oh, gee, the, yeah, just the word. Um, what makes me silly? When do I go silly? I tend to go silly when I see my friends. Mm. So my friends make me silly. What do they, how do they make you silly? No, just by fucking looking at me. Um, I, I do get more immature and more silly when I, when I see a friend I haven't seen for a while, mm. generally speaking. Um, 
knowing I've got three and a half hours on a golf course with three friends and, and, that, and that everyone's phones are off and no one's going to interrupt takes me into the next level of silliness for sure. <laughs> That's when I'm inclined to roll around in a, in a bunker and speak gibberish. <laughs> cool. Thanks, mate. Thanks, man. Cool. What makes you silly? Um, the way I dance, which not many people will ever see. <laughs> That's the silliest thing about me. I'm terrible at it. And for those of you who are listening, Tegan is currently dancing. And Nick still has his pants off. Go, Nick, go. Jiggle it. Let's end it there. <laughs> <laughs> Before uh, we wrap up, because there is so much that I um, want to talk to you about, but uh, one thing that I do like to end the show with is what makes you silly? Um, uh, okay. I didn't have a TV when I was growing up. And as a result, I spent about six or seven years without any kind of like audiovisual input. And it's really hard to interact with people at school and talk about the cool shit without a TV. Plus, my parents were very poor. Uh, not poor, but they were sending three kids to private school and they were working four jobs. So they were like, we were very, very low on money. So I couldn't get all the cool shit that I liked. I couldn't get comic books and I couldn't get, you know, we couldn't afford good junk food which is a contradiction in fucking terms. And as a result, I went through school kind of pretending to be up on all this pop cultural stuff. So when I hit like 17 or 18 around that point and I started earning money and my parents were like financially very comfortable and I started having access to TV and things, I just went balls to the wall. Like I just binged on everything that I've missed out on for the past seven years. And I still haven't kind of finished tapping that reservoir of shows like Fresh Prince and Full House and stuff like that. Things that I missed as a kid, like I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Mm. So for me now, any kind of audiovisual, any entertainment whatsoever, video games, I review video games for a living. Anything I do that kind of nourishes the child in me that didn't get the cool stuff I wanted in that crucial age bracket when you really should be binging on fun stuff and eating like sugary cereal on Saturday morning and watching cartoons. Anything I can do to recapture that lost time makes me like just incredibly irrationally happy. So that's kind of why I nurture my inner child so much. And that's why I've pursued a career reviewing video games for money is because like, I don't want to let that go. Like I missed out on so much time. I have so much time to make up for. Mm. So anything I can do or get my hands on that evokes that anytime I see a Pez dispenser in a shop, I will buy it. (laughs) I have an ET Pez dispenser with like his, like a brown stick of the Pez dispenser body. Right. And then a brown little wrinkly ET head. And then I have the variant, which is red with him with the hoodie on. Or he's in the basket. You may be one of the only people in the world that has two ET Pez dispensers. Yeah, I know. And that's because like I, that, that stuff just makes me very, very, very happy. And I think people around me have come to kind of accept that. Uh, and I think, that's, I think it's really important to you know, fetishize your youth in a weird way and make it define you as an adult person. I'm 32 and I play with Lego. I think it's a problem. Anyway, that's what makes me silly to answer your question. I'm 30 and I watch wrestling obsessively. I watch wrestling too. Yeah. 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 And you went to SummerSlam and played WWE 2K14 with the Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. No. Two, yes, 2K14 uh, with the Ultimate Warrior. And then I got to um, play some and interview Daniel Bryan and God, Steve Austin and Mick Foley. And... Steve Austin? Yeah. You son of a bitch. He's very nice. Yeah. He has an excellent handshake. I imagine he would. Mm-hmm. Because it's the bottom line. Because Stone Cold said so. Mm-hmm. The last thing that was really silly when I had a belly laugh was we're doing sex with strangers in Talarook and they didn't have dressing rooms so they put Sam in the men's toilets and me in the girls' toilets. I had It was so small and freezing cold. I had blankets all over me 
had my makeup down on the floor, a chair in front of the mirror, my ha- clothes hanging on with a toilet door open, and they bought me my dinner <laughs> sitting in a loo. <laughs> and I got Jill, who is the um, set designer and stage manager. I said, you've got to take a photo of this. <laughs> so she took a photo of me with food on my lap in a toilet. And so I asked the producer if I could put on social media <laughs> and go dinner and a show, but she wouldn't let me because it looked like a really shabby production. Dinner and a show, so that got my sense of humour. So I love to laugh. Yeah. love quirky. Laughter is definitely the best medicine. Love a good cack. Our grandfather actually says the 11th commandment is thou shalt laugh, especially at thyself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are you ready? Are you ready for my fruit joke? I was going to say, I feel like it's come to a very kind of natural... Um, yeah. rounded circle yeah. so before you tell me your uh, fruit joke <sighs> which it, it actually might tie into this what makes you silly silly oh mm. uh, i think by nature i am but i'll tell you what having kids has given me new reason a new justification to bring out the sillies a whole lot more it's it's the greatest the greatest justification ever to play again you know playing mm. music playing with toys you know Making up stories together, doing art together, cooking together, being silly is very important. So my kids have reminded me how to be silly. Mm. How to tap into that inner child Yep, that we lose at some point for some reason and then find again. Heaven forbid that we lose it forever. Mm. It needs to always play. Mm. I agree. What is, uh, do, you, do you have an example of a story that you've uh, created recently? Um, I... The stories are created all the time. You know, we're getting into cubby making now, and then I've noticed that, um, especially my daughter, because my son's too too small to construct full sentences yet. But my daughter is really into uh, fantasy worlds where she she will dictate where we are and what's happening and who's walking by and whether there's a unicorn flower nearby <laughs> or you know she's 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 starting to get it and it's beautiful. And she recently. Um, started a lyric book at the age of six, so she's writing songs. Isn't wow. that beautiful? That's and awesome. Poems and songs. So I'm very, I'm a very proud dad. Mm. That would be a very humbling experience. I'm sure. Yeah, man, that's it. I mean, I, I, sh- I wish I'd started writing lyrics and learning music earlier. But the fact that she's doing it at six and she's having little piano lessons with me, very happily sitting next to her, mm. helping her along that journey. You know, and she's not hating it. You know, if she ever hated it, I, I'm, not, I'm not forcing her to do anything by any means. I'm giving her opportunities and saying, "Do you like this? Do you like this?" She's done some circus, gymnastics, ballet, and the thing she's been sticking with beautifully is piano. Yes, a, a bit of piano, bit of piano, the goanna. Yeah, my son's. Um, I can tell he's musical as well because he claps in time. And mm. he seems to only calm down if I'm playing music to him because he's really energetic, hypo, like little crazy motherfucker. <laughs> but then like to to get him to be still in the bath, I've got to bring out my didgeridoo. <laughs> he, he claps along with me doing the tapping sticks for the didgeridoo. Oh, wow. It's lovely. And then a he goes, guitar, singing. guitar. And I bring out the guitar and the accordion and the harp, sing a bit of... Lion sleeps tonight with a harp. It's a bit of a house favourite. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I would like to hear that. I, I nearly bought my harp and then oh. I realised too late that it's not accessible. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I, I got up this morning at 4.30 to go to work. That's when I realised, shit, I should get my harp, but it's on top of my cupboard at the moment. So I couldn't wake up the family trying to get my harp. Sorry, man. Yeah. I'm, uh... Episode 
next. Yeah, episode yeah. next. When I do it with you again, I one would day. love to have you back in. At I'd some love point. it. It seems like we've got so much more to talk about. Well, again, I this happens every every time. I'm like, <laughs> this week I'm going to ask all the questions, <laughs> and, I ask, and I ask Dude, one. It's the Babylon. That's what happens. It is, and I I, I love it. Um, I love it too. Good on you for doing. Thank this. you so much for coming in here, and I would really love to hear your um your fruit joke now. What's better than eating a mandarin? What? Eating a mandarin out. Whoa! Whoa! Boom! We're going to edit that out. <laughs> Fuck you. That's good shit. That's very good gear. That's a great joke. Thank you. Thank you. That's Thanks, all right. Dylan. What makes me silly? Um, I think after dinner in my house, I think once we once our tummies are full, my my kids and my wife, we just be silly. Um <laughs> We'll get out the ukuleles sometimes or we'll, we'll, I mean, last night, you know, we we were talking about Irma Thurman, which was, you know, Irma Thurman, but it just kind of took on a whole new kind of world of ridiculousness. Um, <laughs> and my daughter has an ex- a really great sense of humour and it's nice that, you know, I pass it on to her because I know that I've got a great sense of humour. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I was going to say. Right. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's, it's in her genes, obviously. Yes. Yeah. Well, I am silly. I don't know what... I think it's genetics. <laughs> um, I know, yeah, because I sometimes see my uncle just branch off into absurd... It's like he's talking and speaking in tongues, and I think, oh, yeah, it comes from somewhere, doesn't it? <laughs> this kind of random, random thoughts and that you're happy to, you're happy to articulate. I... Uh, yeah, I think I do have a, a slight sense of the absurd. I do go on flights of fancy, and that's probably a problem with my writing that I need to ground everything. <laughs> Just ground it, because, you know, people will go on that flight of fancy with you if there's some truth to it. Mm. <laughs> but sometimes I'm, I'm not even, sometimes in the first instance, I'm not willing to even entertain the truth. I just want to go on the on the flight of fancy. So that's that's what makes me silly, I think. Are there any flights of fancy that you've been hooked into of late? Um, I tell you what you're doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've written something that's uh, a bit crazy. It's, um, it's a little bit based on my dad and uh, who's... who's uh, um, He's not well at the moment, and he's got a condition, a kind of Parkinson-style condition. And, um, yeah, so I've created a character a little bit like him, but uh, he, he that character kind of goes and he moves in with his daughter and, and her boyfriend, and he's a strong kind of masculine Hemingway-type mm. person who is a little bit... who has an illness, but is a strong man, and the boyfriend... It's a soft cock. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, a hipster in a city, urbane kind of uh, wimp. Mm. And so um, the uh, the father's uh, goal is to get rid of the boyfriend. Right. That before he dies, he wants her, his daughter with someone decent. Mm. And so it's this kind of battle between the um, Hemingway and, I don't know. <laughs> the soft cock. The soft cock. So yeah, that is a bit of a. That, I've had some fun with that. Mm. So authenticity is the key to any flights of fancy. Yeah, just make sure there's some truth to it. Cool. 
Oh, what makes me silly? Either what turns you into a silly person or what is it um, about you? What is it about me? I look, I love, um, I'd say at work, I'm pretty silly at work. I'm being terribly serious today. But no, I'm pretty silly at work. I think um, oh, it's probably a question for other people. Um, I would say um, what happens at work that we – oh, gosh, it's hard to answer, isn't it? But I do feel the majority of my day I'm being pretty silly. Um, it's Usually it's with the people I'm working with. I um, I suppose in rehearsals, I love rehearsals because particularly if you've got a director who – encourages it I think that that's went through improvisation and through that's where you find your sense of humor and and word play and word get like you just play off what the person before has given you go off on a different tangent and you um and I'd like doing that just in the day-to-day as well so I suppose I'm not a really silly person or anything but I think that when I'm working with a group of people and in an environment where you feel you can um have fun. I just love it. Mm. Just, And it's easier to be silly, I guess, when you're also playing another character. Because mm. I wouldn't call myself a silly person. Whereas I find it very access, very easy to access being silly in a rehearsal room. So I think that's to do with the feeling you're in a creative atmosphere where you're allowed to do things that may be inappropriate even. Or, <laughs> or, um, and you can say things that aren't going to hurt the person because you, there's, a, there's a common... Um, agreement that you're kind of sparring or in you're, character. you're in character or that you're discovering stuff and it and you you can get away with it mm. was there anything in particular that sp- looked like something sprang to mind there um not in particular but uh i, I do love having fun at work like mm. i certainly um we do a lot of at, even at strictly you know we do a lot of little um video clips and things um doing fun stuff and you know we just muck around a lot really mm. and doing old hungarian women voices old hungarian women and stuff like that but uh yeah and i like being with silly people mm. i like to connect i think you know i think some people connect very strongly with their identity of pain and connect very closely with some people through their identity with pain and some people through their identity with being having uh with joy mm. and i think i've been in situations definitely where i've experienced pain and you know loss and so, all sorts of things but i think i identify when i see when i'm with people who identify themselves more with joy and silliness i lock it click into that so i think that's more the thing depends mm. who i'm with as to how silly i'm allowed to get <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think you gauge it off the other person yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, this is certainly the uh, the silliest uh, podcast studio. Um, I love it. I've been in. Uh, I spent the whole time looking at this. Um, apart from you, at this shirt, which is quite <laughs> crumpled, but it looks far too small for you. Is that your shirt? Oh, it's just all. I suppose it's just very crumpled. It's quite crumpled, and it's kind of. <laughs> I was it's, wondering it's, whose it, it was, it, but it is yours. It's vaguely hanging on off a hanger. But I love this. I love this room. Mm, Pete, the audience is getting a, a, a very small flavour week by week of what's Have you described this room to your audience? No. No. That, oh. There's there's like a picture that goes up every oh, week okay, that's great. got his bed unmade right. generally in the right. background. That's great. Um, I love it. And uh, I think a few people have made reference to the odds and ends that are oh, around. Oh, I really like it. But maybe it will become a relic of this, uh, of this <laughs> podcast one day. I think it's fantastic. What makes me silly...
It can be what is it about you that is silly or what is something that makes you go silly or... I fear that I'm pro- my answer. The answer that comes first and foremost to mind seems like massively cliched, and which is my children. Um, I see no reason why children wouldn't make a person absolutely batshit silly. Yeah, like because of all this this talk about the long play and thinking for the future that I do in my work, um, being. Uh, parent is the exact opposite of that actually and to answer your question before about what makes a good parent i think that's a better way of articulating it to be in the moment with your child at your child's level is really hard and sometimes really fucking boring because children are really repetitive people (laughs) and i'm not sure if you've noticed but often their skill sets are limited um so hanging out with a six-month-old or a three-year-old involves doing the same thing over and over and over again. But if you can let go of that and just uh, stick within the moment, um, then uh, that's when I find that I can, you know, I can dance in the middle of the street because that's what Oscar's doing. And he's has a, a particular unbridled passion for jumping in puddles. <laughs> and so after rain, we generally both put out our Wellingtons. He also gets waterproof pants and a raincoat because otherwise he just gets saturated. And we go and find the nearest puddle, which is often in the middle of the street. And I stand blocking traffic while he stands there jumping in the puddle. What are you going to do? Like that's, that's the silliest I get. It's often still raining. We're standing there. It's the most ridiculous thing to be doing. And that's what we're doing. Jumping in puddles. What makes me... Okay. Um, What makes me go... That's a hard question, actually. Mm. Um, What makes me go silly? Might be your daughter. Oh... Or when you go and play school and you have to... No, Wayne Blair is the first person to go. He's a director, mate. He directed Sapphires and all that. He's one of my best mates, right? He makes me go silly. Like, we go silly pretty quick. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just mucking around dumb, silly. Um, My daughter makes me go silly, but only in that real dad or daughter kind of. Not what I... You know what I mean? Like, that's silly, but not... You know what I mean? So, Wayne Blair makes me go silly. What do you Um, do? Do you do? Do you have an example? um, Just talk... Oh, well, just... Talk about... Okay, so... Say you're driving along and a song comes on the radio. Mm. And then we'll just discuss what that song means and why we heard it just then. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then come up with some giant explanation about... As if it's like an astrology reading. Yeah, yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, or whatever. Just some dumb stuff like that. Yeah. And then just giggle about it. Or just remember something and just laugh about it and be stupid about it and make crap up. Mm. You know, that kind of... I've got a few friends like that, but like he was the first one that came to mind. Right. Um, it's funny how you develop those relationships with friends where it becomes a hypothetical off almost. Uh, what? Like where you're, tr- where you're battling each other's logic in hypothetical situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. I've got a friend where we try and just out, almost out nonsense each other. Yeah, totally. Just to see if they can keep up. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, now he'd be one. And I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that makes me silly. Um, makes me silly that's not a drug. Although drugs don't really make me silly. I mean, I've done enough. They're old. That's the old days. That's for the young people. Um, <laughs> um, Tony even, Abbott. Tony Abbott it? makes you silly. Tony Abbott doesn't make me silly. I'm, I'm amazed what a bad government they are, though. 
I've never seen worse. I've honestly, yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty appalling. I've really never seen worse. And now we Um, polarize the audience. Yeah, that's right. If everything else we said before hadn't. Yeah, exactly. I know. (laughs) Um, No, but I've met him a few times, and the weird thing is, I actually get on quite okay with him personally. Yeah. But like his politics are just appalling, and his political judgment. And anyway, but let's not start on him. No. Um, (laughs) What makes me silly? Being on set can make me silly. Mm -hmm. Just being on set. You know, because you've got like a whole heap of people around you all doing different jobs. Yeah. And sometimes you can get really silly because it's just, especially if you're doing really long hours, yeah. everyone just starts to go mental. Yep. And it's hilarious. You know, just watching people just, just go Just crazy. descend. You just descend into madness. Yeah. And it's just great fun, you know. <laughs> yeah. What's the, what's, what's one of the sillier times you can remember on set? Um, oh, geez, what have we done? Um. Oh, oh, look, I don't know. That all sounded really dicky, probably. That's all right. <laughs> um, um, let me think. Uh, um, oh, you know, obviously, our oh, practical jokes. Um, like one which one which we this is even this was just we just what got silly just planning it but what but, but I'll tell you what the plan is which we still have and the plan is is to um actually hire an actor mate right yeah. to uh, when we when we start the next series to turn up on set and um approach probably Guyton will probably go for Guyton Grant <laughs> yeah. um and to go and say like um that he's Guyton's acting coach and that he's been sent by the producers just to just to help him just to help him get back on his feet. Like, <laughs> just to help him get back on his feet and to, to you know, get, you know, just dust off the cobwebs. Just to dust off the cobwebs a bit and, you know, mm. and, but he's the only one who he speaks to. It's just a guy. And like, you know, I'm, I'm just here if you need me, you know, and never let on. Yeah. You know, so there's that one. Oh, and the other one was, oh, I tell you, what, oh, this is, this is terrible and funny. But it was when we were doing a to play with, um, at the STC with um, Steven Soderbergh was directing, you know, oh, pretty, wow. yeah, 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 pretty big deal, you know. And um, our sound guy was one of the straightest guys in the world, okay? And he had, a, he had this MC5 T-shirt on, who's a Detroit band from the 60s, right, who I'm yep. a big fan of. And I said, hey, MC5, rock and roll, nice. You know? And he was like, oh, pff, I don't even know who they are. And I went, ding, perfect. <laughs> uh, and I said, you don't know who they are? Wow. Okay, well, um, they're actually like a... They're a Nazi skinhead band. Um, <laughs> and... Um, so I'd be pretty careful where I wear the T-shirt, you know. And so then queued up everybody else in the cast yeah. just to go. And like Wayne Blair, who's indigenous, you know, comes over and goes, you like that band, do you? <laughs> and then Soderbergh, and I've, and I've gone, I've gone, Stephen, you know, you know that band? He goes, oh, yeah, I know that band. Like everybody, everybody <laughs> did it. Like the whole, everybody played along like all day. And he went home and burnt the T-shirt. Wow. He actually burnt it. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. Anyway, so that was a bit of silliness. It's just, just a little bit. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Reese, for sitting down yeah, and uh, having a yarn with me. Yeah, we went some places. Very, very pleasant place to have a yarn. It's good. It has. And you didn't even reference the fact that my brother's not wearing pants, so thank you. I know. Well, it's, no, but it's the boner that I'm worried about. Like, it's yeah. just, I can't believe, you know, like, it's just sitting there. It's sort of confronting, you know, just... Yeah, we almost got through a whole episode. And why has he got an M&M in the eye of it? It's just weird. Mm. Anyway. 
you know, even even more and more music gets made from people's bedrooms and stuff, which is awesome. And some of the stuff that gets made is absolutely artistically incredible. Mm. But there's still, you don't just want to do all of that and then lose the the part where there's a profound ability we have to connect with other human beings, even other cultures through music, you know, not through language, not through, you know, anything else, just through music, through sound, through the arrangement of tones and yeah. Mm. Yes. That's beautiful. <laughs> I like to, uh, I like to round out the show yeah. by asking what makes you silly? What makes me silly? Oh. What makes what is it about you that's silly or what is something that makes you go silly? The phrasing of the question is completely yeah. no, grammatically it's fine. incorrect. Hey, you know, just what makes me silly. Uh, I don't know. Tiredness. If I'm tired enough, I feel like I just get more and more absurd because I have this part of my brain that loves to be like, unfiltered and if i'm tired then i just go there so for example in my job obviously we work with kids in hospital that's a pretty you know and an environment where you imagine there'd be a lot of parameters within which and there are Mm. and i don't certainly break those rules but at the same time if i'm tired enough you know i'm not against making threats to little girls about cutting off their pigtails if they ask to change (laughs) you know mario kart one more time or things like that I just feel like that's... I get silly and stupid when I'm tired. Mm. That is a terrible answer, that question. And then you use Bowser when you play Mario Kart. Uh, actually, it depends on what environment. We are getting we are getting into an area of expertise for me, so oh, I don't I want to get too over the top. But Rainbow Road? Uh, Rainbow Road is good with Mario... Depending on what console and what game, but if it's the Wii U Mario Kart, Rainbow Road, if it's the second Rainbow Road then you want to use Mario on the sport bike with slick wheels. Right. That's the best way to drive. I will bear that in yeah, mind. <laughs> you can take that with you. I am. Yeah. That is welcome. my takeaway. You're welcome, you. Australia. Yeah. The world. The world. Sorry. This podcast. goes out to the you're, you're world. You're welcome, universe. Let's not confine ourselves. The world is a stage. <laughs> is that, was that Ian McKellen? Was that Ian McKellen? Are its players. Yeah, okay. The, the world no I'm not even going to try I feel like it's got to be shakier though and whisperier the world is a stage that's good I was getting mm, and I'm getting shivers all the men and women <laughs> are its players yeah. <laughs> I like to wrap up the show by asking sure. another standard question oh, okay. we got two in a row oh my this god is Nick is this normal that we get two standard questions in a row no no do no. I need to feel special about that yes. yeah thank you thank you Nick <laughs> <laughs> go for it um no, it's not. It's not exactly your average. Cool. Maybe we should change the name to... Not, um, well, you'll work it out. Yeah, I'll work it out. Go for it. Go for it. Um, what makes you silly? What makes me silly? Yeah. Oh. Um, well, laughing at myself. Um, you said the cosmic joke, so realizing the ridiculous role that we have in this whole thing. Laughing at mistakes, my own mistakes. Um, my boys make me silly, my kids. My wife takes the piss. I mean, my, my family, my, my wife and my kids, uh, beyond, beyond ground me, you know? Mm. Like, I come home from these seminars, and I know how this is going to sound, however this comes across, but for some crazy reason, people put me up in this pedestal as some whatever. And I come home, and all I am when I come home is a husband, a friend, a, a father, and uh, 
So what keeps me grounded, I translate your word silly to grounded, is, um, you know, those relationships. And my best friend as well, you know, he takes a piss all the time. It's fantastic. Mm. And I love that. And, um, Do you have an example? Oh, it's just, um, oh, I've all been an example. I was, I was with my best friend just the other last week um, in, his, uh, in his store. And uh, he was just making some childlike remark about a jacket that I was buying that I said to him, oh, can I, you reckon I could wear this jacket in one of my presentations? And then he was just making some silly remark about uh, why I would not wear that jacket or something. I can't remember the exact remark, but he was just taking the piss. And, um, and that's part of the silliness. That's part of the taking yourself lightly, you know. Um, so, yeah, I, the people who love you the most keep you grounded. Mm. And, and uh, because it's not useful having people around you ho- or hold you in this high regard where after a while your feelings of yourself are beyond what the truth is. Mm. <laughs> that's where you've got to keep yourself. Um, so the, the silliness, I, I hope that makes sense to you, Alistair, it translates to being grounded and that these are the people who love me and I love is what keeps me like that. Mm. Yeah. It's beautiful. Mm. It's, it can be what is it about you that is silly or what is something that makes you go silly? The phrasing of the question is appalling. <laughs> right, yeah. That you have a uh, PhD in linguistics makes me feel even more ashamed <laughs> of my sentence structuring. But It is, it's, it is ambiguous. But um, I, uh, I don't know, one, one silly thing that I do and I'm going to drop Adam in this as well because we're in a kind of a foliage do we both do it and and that is um we we have animal voices that we do and uh-huh. so we we bring we we humanize anthropomorphize our cats with voices and we'll have conversations and then occasionally we have joke passive aggressive com- com- <laughs> conversations in our cat's voices about what the other person perhaps should have done if they'd have known better and then we have these passive aggressive arguments which are totally jokey and we crack each other up and yeah (laughs) very very silly oh how do you know i'm silly well everyone's silly yeah i just uh, like to expose it i i am silly because i just think this is this whole thing is such a joy to me Mm. i'm having fun all the time with it Mm. and if you don't think that this is fun this is the most fun thing i could ever do so that's what makes me silly (laughs) (laughs) that's the thing often you take a job it's a leap of faith you know offspring I, i liked all those people i wanted to work with them but there was no script you know, that happens sometimes. So you just sort of, you see how it all ends up. Mm. Yeah. You just have to go with your instincts and take leaps of faith sometimes. I mean, that was a huge leap because they're all bloody great people, but you know what I mean? You don't necessarily know how something's going to turn out. Mm. And I guess that goes back to not taking opportunity for granted. Yes, yes, yeah. Mm. And and I guess I remember Bud Tingwell saying, or being quoted as saying, I'm paraphrasing, but he was an amazing actor and he basically said no matter what job you take and he worked in everything you know some really highbrow lowbrow you name it but he Mm -hmm. he said every time you take a job you give it everything and you give it the utmost respect um and i think that's the go i mean you can't always control the projects that you're in but you can make sure that what you do is as good as you possibly can make it Mm. yeah but who knows you know two years (laughs) cat stewart in a succession of stinkers who knows (laughs) But at least you gave your all to yeah. the stinkers. <laughs> so Archie has two actors as parents. Is he doomed? Oh, 
I don't know. I don't know. He does like dressing up and he likes telling stories, but that's no surprise. Um, oh, he's, he's a really interesting little dude. It'll be really interesting to see what he wants to do. Mm. Um, but he's certainly entertaining us mm. in the meantime. So, Arch, if you're listening to this in 15 years' time, <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Ring your mother. Call your mother. <laughs> she misses you. Well, thank you so much, Kat. This has been an absolute delight. Oh, thank um, you, Alistair. It's been a tremendous honour for me to sit with you and chat. I do have one final question which I ask everyone. Uh-huh. You're the first person I've forewarned of this question, oh, actually. Oh, right. Um, so no pressure. I wish I could remember what it was. <laughs> you'll, have to, you'll have to tell me again. I will. No oh, good. Um, what makes you silly? Oh, I know that it's easy. That's Archie, my son. Mm. Yeah. Um, he's... Um, He's always making us do stupid voices, um, look for dinosaurs, you know, you name it. So we, I've never, I've sort of let go of pride a long time ago with my work, but <laughs> there's no, no sense of pride in, in the home either. Mm. Yeah. So no, we just muck around. It's mm. great. What's, what's a ridiculous thing that you've done with him? I don't even know where to begin. Um, uh, I, don't, I can't. It's everything we do is stupid, really. It's, we're constantly doing stupid voices. Rarely am I me. I'm always having to be um, someone from a film he's watched, mm. like Jesse from Toy Story. I've spent whole days being Jesse from Toy Story. And we just, and then we'll be out shopping and I'll realise that we're still doing the voices. And, well, actually, he doesn't do any voices. He just makes me do them. Mm. Um, like a good director. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite critical if he doesn't think I'm hitting it either. Mm. Um, yeah, so we just spend a lot of time kind of making stuff up. Mm. And I guess that kind of ties you back into your childhood where that was stuff that you would enjoy doing. Yeah, I had I, I spent a lot of time kind of with my imagination and playing. Yeah, so he's definitely, and I think David was the same, so there's, Archie's definitely got that. Mm. Mm. Awesome. Well, thank you for being episode 20, Kat, oh. or for being any episode. Yeah, well, um, particularly chapter 20, that feels like a milestone. Mm. Yeah. Thanks, awesome. Alistair. Thanks, Kat. I, I sometimes feel silly in this whole thing about broadcasting all this stuff out there, uh, just like getting identified with the broadcasting makes me feel silly. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Silly by being thinking that I'm doing anything. Mm. So that would be a silliness on a spiritual level, right? Mm. Uh, otherwise, um, I like to play p- practical jokes on people. <laughs> that makes <laughs> it silly. Okay, where I say I can be very serious and say things in a very serious manner, and people Dead believe bad. me. Mm. Yeah, and then they, I go, "What? Are you crazy? I don't mean that, <laughs> you know." And they've completely bought it. I love to have people just do that. So that's a silly thing. I'll have to challenge well, you to a deadpan off uh, if we yeah. ever meet. <laughs> okay, because I get into a lot well, of trouble when people think I'm being serious, and I am taking. I don't know if you're familiar with this term, taking the piss. Um, it's a very Australian kind of term for um, making fun or like uh, making a joke. What's it called? Taking the what? Taking the piss. Pierce. Piss. Taking like the... uh, like when you oh, like taking the piss. Oh, yeah. taking the piss out of somebody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I use that now for uh, yes. No, we're very similar. In the, then we must be in that way because I can be completely look serious and and be shit. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And I guess I'm also doing the broadcasting thing by uh, taking your message to my people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We're in the same boat. Uh, I I did want to ask you, as a kind of a silly aside, what it was like being on um, the Al Yankovic show. 
because you did a you did a oh. little bit on that in the oh my god in the eighties. Yeah, I did. I did. It was uh, golly, when was that? I, uh, huh. Where, did you see that in the eighties or in the, I mean, that been the early uh, nine, uh, mid nineties? I think. Yeah, mid nineties. Yeah. Sorry. Um, oh my gosh, uh, I did five. He had a Saturday morning kids show, mm. uh, the Weird Al show. It was called, and it was just silly, zany. You know, Weird Al at his at his loudest. Mm. Um, and uh, so I ended up doing five episodes. It only, I think it only lasted one season, but I did five episodes uh, in, a, in, a, in a recurring bit that he had where he went to a TV. He, he's like, oh, I don't know. What do you think we should do now? I know. Let's watch TV. Then he get out this humongous remote control and turn on this big TV set <laughs> and, then, and then channel surf basically through the channels. Hmm. And he would always come upon this one channel that was the fitness show. And, uh, and it was, of course, it was Weird Al on that, him watching himself on TV, he was, he was in a blonde wig as the fitness instructor, and I was one, and there was a, a, a young lady and mm. me that were his two sidekicks, also wearing spandex, like, like you know, 90s uh, workout wear. Mm. Oh, it was just hor- horrible. <laughs> like, you know, a little, a tight tank top with little biking shorts, sort of like the spandexy. oh, oh, God. And, you know, my skinny ass in spandex is just not something that should be on TV. Mm. But, it was, and uh, and so we did these funny bits where you know uh, we we would contort and be and uh, do exercises that no human being could ever ever do, and uh, yeah, so they were just zany zany physical bits and um, had a ball doing it. Weird Al, like many comedians, I will tell you, uh, his persona is so witty and so funny and so out there and so expressive. But when he's off camera and you're just being sociable on the side, he's quiet, he's reserved, he's almost boring. You know what I mean? I found that to be like, huh, I, I didn't expect that. Because, you know, you, you know someone's persona, uh, how you've been a, from being a fan of theirs and watching their work. It's like, oh, I'll bet he's a riot to live with. <laughs> and then, then you meet him in person and it's like, wow, wow, he's so quiet. And it's so funny that uh, uh, because... I tend to be rather loud and extroverted in public, but I really am more of an introvert myself. And I understand, I understand the Weird Al thing, you know. Mm. Uh, Mrs. Lori gets asked all the time, oh my gosh, I'll bet Doug is just a riot to live with every day. And she will tell them, oh no, no, at home he's almost comatose, right? Mm. <laughs> he's like, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to get, it's just to snap her fingers in front of my forehead to get a reaction out of me. Um, so I, I find my I, I like to find my happy my, my happy place is a quiet one. It really mm. is. And I think Weird Al is very much the same way. Yeah. And a lot of comedians are a lot of comedians who, who are zany and, and out there and doing armpit farts in public. Uh, their quiet time is is can be very reserved. Yeah. Mm. And I think someone like Weird Al, the reason I brought him up is because despite his kind of polarizing um, <laughs> uh, uh, creative output. He mm-hmm. is one of the most sustained performers of our generation. I mean, he's still he, mm-hmm. he is still as big today as he was 10, 20, yeah. 30 years ago. And it's right. quite remarkable that he just found this niche similar to you, I suppose, where he was the not the only one doing it, but he he was the right shape of round for the right shape of hole that was right. available yeah. for that moment. 
Yeah. And the yeah, amount yeah. of hard work and dedication that goes into being the guy to sustain that niche mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. is, you know, certainly not something to be underestimated, I think. Right, right. Yeah, he... He's been a weird owl all this time. He never morphed mm. or, or had to, like, uh, he didn't have to um, evolve to become something else. He didn't have to do the Madonna thing where she, you know, she's changing her style every other year to meet the times. He's been weird owl all this time. And that, mm. that is remarkable that, 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 uh, that the public has still let him be that and, and, and reveres him for that. That's, that's great, I think. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What, a, what an unusual aside we just went on then. Isn't that great? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the last question that I've finished the show with all the time, and it feels somewhat redundant asking you this, um, but I'm going to anyway. Okay. What makes you silly? <laughs> what makes me silly? Uh, uh, well, okay, well, that, that's, that could be like also like what, what makes me act silly or what, make, or what, or what makes me or what, what do I react to in a silly way? Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> it's a grammatically okay, ambiguous go. question. It really is. It's a, on, on purpose, huh? A little owl. Um, what makes me silly? Okay. I think it's a two. Pro- okay, I'm going to give you. Uh, uh, I'm going to give you a two a two part answer for this. Okay, because there's because I'm going to take this two different ways. What makes me a silly person? Uh, it was my early need for acceptance, and uh, and. Being a tall, skinny, goofy kid in the Midwest uh, of the United States, where normal is only a very small sliver that you have, and if you're anything outside of that small sliver of normal, you will be made fun of. Mm. So I was being a tall, lanky, goofy kid who didn't it was gangly and couldn't walk a straight line. Uh, it was extremely. Uh, I, was, I was I was an easy target to be made fun of. So I developed a sense of humor and I became a silly person. Uh, as a defense mechanism so that I could control why they were laughing at me. Right. Mm. Uh, that's, that's one answer to why, what makes me silly. It would be the early childhood. Mm. The other answer would be what makes me like silly is Southern gospel music. (laughs) That will make me silly. Yes. Yeah. Give, give me a big busted uh, black lady in a choir robe singing her guts out. And I am the silliest person in the room. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. What, 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 what happens when you, when you get that scenario? Oh, well, I start, I put my hand in the air and I'm having some church. Oh yeah. I'll, I'll make, I'll make, I'll make noise and say, get it. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much, Doug, for doing this. It means, uh, means a lot to me. Wow. I've never, ever been asked that question. Hmm. Well, um, I would say, what will? What is your most common response? No, don't tell me that. I'll answer it first. But I'm, I'm now quite curious. Mm. Silly. Um, good people, more than anything. Close friends. Um, when I'm, you know, completely comfortable with somebody, that's kind of when, when I'm out in full force. And I'm a silly person. Everyone's a silly person, really. Mm. And uh, I guess it takes the right company. To... Some people suffer from terminal seriousness, though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I know a few of those. Mm. Mm. But yeah, I don't know that or uh, or just being jolly and you know being a bit drunk. But drunk isn't necessarily silly. It can be obnoxious. It can be obnoxious. It can be rude. It can be yeah. It can be aggressive. It can be you know 
everyone's different depending on what you've drunk and how much. So, mm. yeah, drinking isn't the right answer for this question. I think genuinely, legitimately sober silly would be, you know, my closest friends bring that out. Mm. Mm. What do they draw out of you? I don't know. I don't know. The funny side, I guess. Mm. But, you know, I'm pretty down the line serious, can crack a joke, no worries. But when you're that comfortable with somebody that no matter what you say, you do feel like there is no judgment, then you will literally say anything. So you tend to be a bit silly. Mm. Just say stupid shit. Like, you know, when you've got your friends and you've got an in-joke or you've got a word that makes absolutely no sense. I've got a word with my best mate. It's like, what is it? It's bless Nagoy. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? You I know? Mean, it sounds funny. Sounds funny, yeah. But it, And we don't really know what it means, but it, it'll get said every now and then and that's that's funny and that's stupid you know but I don't know people mm. there's my answer people people mm. oh my god lots of things okay so what makes me silly is um, my dancing mm. what as make, in ballroom as in yes but yes but there's also a bit of um, banana rama oh. There's also a bit of Tony Bartuccio, which you probably don't even know who that is. Nope. It's a, he was a dan- he was a uh, he had dancing schools way back when I was young, mm. and used a lot of poles. Right. But yeah, not pole dancing, but you know, lots of big arm movements. So I do that. Um, I yeah, silly dance really is what I do, mm. and make jokes, which I think are usually quite amusing, but not always. And I say yes. And I laugh. I laugh loud. What, have you got a joke that comes to mind? <laughs> I can't remember jokes. Okay, yes, I do. What did the green grape say to the red grape? What? Breathe, mate, breathe. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, right? <laughs> That's my seven-year-old joke. Right. Yeah. Um, what makes you silly? Wow, what makes me silly? Yeah. Um, what makes me feel silly, or what, what makes me Whatever. what makes me silly? Whiskey, yeah, absolutely. And what do you do when you silly uh, on whiskey? Fuck, man. <laughs> what don't I do when I'm silly on whiskey? Um, I dance on tables. I fall off tables. I cut my hand open. Yeah. I put a tea towel around it and go out dancing more. <laughs> I, there is a story about that. That actually <clears throat> was one of the silliest nights I've ever had. And I actually fell off a bar. I was dancing on a bar and the barman was trying to get me off the bar. And I fell and on the way down, it all seemed to happen in slow motion. I was falling through the air and I, I knocked a Galliano bottle over as I went down. And you know how tall and thick that glass is. Yeah. And it hit the ground before I did. And there was a shard sticking up like the Eiffel Tower. And my hand went straight. I've still got the scar. I can show it to you on that finger there oh, and wow. it sliced my finger wide open right at the webbing <clears throat> sorry for any graphic detail and uh, down, almost down to the tendon and the bone and I literally just wrapped a tea towel around it and kept going and I partied all night and I got back from being out at a nightclub at five in the morning and the tea towel was just caked in blood mind you this was all on the night of my 19th birthday so this is 25 years ago I was going to say because it wouldn't be able to stop you from doing the Macarena no, no. Macarena hadn't been invented <laughs> hadn't yet. been invented but um, yeah but I still get that silly sometimes um, and other people make me silly too absolutely what's other, the worst joke people. you've heard recently I can't tell it 
I actually literally can't tell it. I'll tell you after we get off air, but I can't tell it. Oh, all right. It's the worst joke I've ever heard. And you just don't want to be associated with it. It's the worst joke ever. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much for uh, being on Coming Up Next. Pleasure. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time. Or hear you next time. Absolutely, man. It's been great. And thank you, Nick, very much for the recording prowess. Please put your pants back on. I will. Oh, hang on. Yep. Just do that. Belt back done up. Do you want to go for a whiskey? Yeah, I'd love to. Great. Let's get silly.